the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Ron Geyer Roofing. The Bible describes events that will mark the last days, or end times. 2 Timothy 3.1 says, This know also, that in the last days perilous times shall come. Matthew 24.44 tells us, Therefore you must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour when you do not expect Him. Bible teacher Ron Geyer leads us through Scripture that will help us to remain strong in the Lord. End Time Insights with Bible teacher Ron Geyer starts now. Good evening, family. Ron Geyer with End Time Insights, talking to you about the Lord, talking to you about mankind, talking to you about the church and the time in which we live. And we are called by God to be sentinels, to warn you about the danger to you, because after all, it's all about your soul. You know, the reason you have faith, you know, without faith, it's impossible to please God, to just yell it by faith. But the reason you have faith is to make sure that you keep your soul, the salvation of your soul. It's in uh, Hebrews ten thirty-five, I think. Uh, Cast not away your confidence or your faith, which has great recompense of reward, for you have need of patience, that after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise, for he that will come will come and shall not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, says the Lord, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not those who draw back. We are those that believe to the saving of our souls. God has given you faith to ensure the salvation of your souls. Amen. So in keeping with that, we are telling you about the danger from mankind today. Don't forget 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5, our foundation scripture. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come for men, because men shall be lovers of themselves. The danger that comes to men in these last days is from men. And it's because ungodly man has become a lover of himself rather than a lover of God. Second Timothy chapter four, the next chapter, verse three in the Amplified. For the time will come when people will not tolerate sound doctrine. They will not tolerate accurate instruction, instruction that challenges them with God's truth. But wanting to have their ears tickled with something pleasing, they will accumulate for themselves many teachers, one after another, chosen to satisfy their own desires and to support the errors they hold. That is a mouthful. But it, to a T, describes where we are in our nation and, unfortunately, in our church as well. Continuing on with Paul's conversation to his son, Timothy, probably at this time the pastor of the church at Ephesus, he's warning Timothy. He's letting him know the dangers that you're going to face as a pastor in your church, okay? Yes, they had persecution from the Jews outside of the church, but the greatest danger lay within the church. Spurgeon writes about uh, the danger from 40 or 50 or 1,000 persecutors, uh, antagonists outside of the church. But just let one or two within the church, and that church will be in greater peril. That's true also. Continuing on, Paul talks about the fact that uh, he hit on greed and covetousness as the very first of the 18 end-time characteristics of mankind's behavior. 
And Paul considered that quite dangerous. At some point, though, we're going to get into the other uh, 17 characteristics of mankind's behavior. But we were focusing on greed and covetousness, which goes hand in hand with men loving themselves. And it wasn't so much that the love of money wasn't for the sake of having money, but they love money because it could fulfill the lust, the things that they wanted, whether it was a car, a motorcycle, a bigger house, a prostitute, whatever it was they desired, if they had enough money, they figured they could get it. And that's the love of money that we learned about. Well, we also learned from the last lesson that these folks who Paul is warning Timothy against are religious folks. They are the ones who represent the current danger, the greatest danger to the church. They are in the church. These folks look like Christians. They sound like Christians. They may even hold pulpit positions and positions of spiritual authority within the church. But over the course of time, they have become religious, minimal love for God, and no power and no presence of God in their lives. I want to show you how that happened, okay? For the time will come when people will not tolerate sound doctrine and accurate instruction that challenges them with God's truth. In America today, we've got Christianity without challenge. You know, it's how comfortable can we be? People write books, uh, million-dollar sellers, million-book sellers. They get on list, they become famous, and they're telling you they're using the gospel. They're using the promises of God to promote covetousness. And we like that. That fits in with the American ideal of American exceptionalism. That fits in the idea with the idea of the American dream. Uh, two houses, two cars, two wives, right? And now we've got two gods. And mankind is forced to choose between the God of self and the true God, the Lord Jesus Christ, the righteous. And in a competition like that, leaven always wins. And if there's something false in regards to that, leaven wins out. Because God doesn't put up with leaven. God doesn't put up, doesn't tolerate with that stuff in his church. So the time will come when people will not tolerate sound doctrine. And they will not tolerate accurate instruction that challenges them with God's truth. They may not have left the church yet, but they have left the truth. It would be better if they had left the church because these people are still in church. They're sitting next to me. They're sitting next to you. Many of them are in the pulpits. If you ever see or ever hear about me not preaching sound biblical doctrine or my instruction isn't accurate, then turn me off. Leave. We tell our people in Bible study, get out. Don't put up with it. Give me the message. Tell me. Number one, we never collect money, so you can't quit giving me your money. But leave. Get up and leave. I'll figure it out. I'm missing God. I am off base here. And our people, the preachers, they need to learn And they will learn only when you hold them accountable and the way that you hold them accountable for false teaching, the way that you hold them accountable for doctrinal error is by leaving the church. Just get up and walk out. We actually did that twice, Diane and I. We were at a large local church and we were teaching on marriage and then uh, we were the directors of the marriage ministry. And then in 2015, the Supreme Court said it was okay for a homosexual marriage. And these questions came up in our marriage classes, and we gave them the Word of God. And leadership didn't like that. They shut us down. They canceled all our classes. They would not make it that simple, but that's what happened, okay? And so we had to leave. And then the other church, they just started teaching some weird things about who God was, and just enough is enough. And we made our voices heard by leaving. And yes, we took our wallets with us also. So hallelujah. 
We did that twice. We don't fool around with our salvation, Diane and I. We take it very seriously. You know, we have nothing. What does it profit the man if he gained the whole world? If he loses his soul, we guard our souls. You know, our guardianship begins with us guarding us. And then it extends to us guarding you as well. There can never be any reason. No one can ever make any excuse for placing your soul at risk. Yet, that's what's happening. And if I understand my Bible because of these false teachers, because of these false doctrines, because it's the time of the apostasy, the falling away from truth, we will lose more sheep than we will keep. And where do we lose them? They go to hell, guys. You know, this this is, isn't it a sport? It's not a fantasy. Either you guard your soul and you keep it according to the word of God and you will endure and attain heaven and glory with the family of God and with Jesus Christ, or you lose it. And it will spend eternity apart from us in eternal suffering. Okay, so we're looking at the how behind the what for the reason of men walking away and falling in love with themselves, thereby putting our entire civilization at risk. This isn't light stuff. This involves the destiny of an entire race of people. I can't seem to connect on my end uh, how people could, what does it say, uh, no longer tolerate sound doctrine. I don't understand that. You know, I don't tolerate our movies in my home. I don't tolerate foul language. I don't tolerate sin in my life. But these people, they don't tolerate sound doctrine. How do you not tolerate the truth? I don't understand that. You know, Paul wrote it, and obviously he knows what he's talking about, but that is what's going to happen. People are no longer going to tolerate sound doctrine and accurate instruction. It just seems so contrary to me, putting that word tolerate with sound doctrine. But the Bible says they will not tolerate sound doctrine. Once again, I normally associate not being able to tolerate. I cannot tolerate vegetables. There should be no green on my plates. (laughs) I want potatoes and steak. Amen. Hallelujah. But you get the idea what I'm talking about. I never would have believed that the word not tolerate would be used when referencing God's people and God's truth. That's just so foreign to me. John 14.6. Jesus said unto them, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Please understand, by following false doctrine, contrary to the word, and by sitting under inaccurate teaching, whether you think so or not, whether you say so or not, whether you believe it or not, when you no longer tolerate truth, you no longer tolerate Christ. You are rejecting the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's how false doctrine works. It gets you to disbelieve the truth to believe lies. And when you walk away from truth, you walk away from Jesus. It's that simple. John 14, 6. I read it again. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. Don't forget, you cannot be sanctified apart from the truth because we are sanctified by the truth. John 17. 2 Thessalonians 2, 10. And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish because they received not the love of the truth that they might be saved. Understand something. Jesus being truth, the truth loves you. This isn't about you loving the truth. They receive not the love of the truth. It's got nothing to do with you not loving the truth. It's about you receiving Christ's love, which is manifested in the truth. Let's read it again. Because they received not the love of the truth. These people that lost tolerance for the truth, they no longer received the love of the truth. So we see here that these folks are not saved or they are no longer saved 
or they never were saved. We know they loved God, but they just loved themselves more than they loved God. We know they kind of looked and acted like God. They may have even spoken like God. But here, their response to truth bears witness that these are not God's people. The love of the truth, that's not the love for the truth. That's not what they were missing. That's not what they didn't receive. It wasn't the love towards the truth. That's not what Paul is writing about. That's not what Jesus was talking about. The love of the truth, which comes from God, which they did not receive. The Bible says, God so loved the world, he sent Jesus, he sent truth. It's that love. It's how God loves man. God loves man with the truth. When hearing truth or studying truth, there is a love within that truth that speaks to us, that woos us, that wins us, that changes us, that challenges us, that grows us into Christ. Without that love, without that truth, one can't be saved. It's really simple. Can you see the subtle, the deadly deception of Satan at work here? He knows very few Christians will reject Jesus Christ outright. So he casts dispersions upon the word upon the truth, which is the same as Christ, except the church doesn't know that. We rarely speak the truth about anything. And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness, Satan uses every trick in his unrighteous arsenal. From all out, in your face, direct assaults, or to having demons standing in your pulpits, masquerading as men of God, sent there to steal your souls, those are the weapons that Satan used. Now the assault is upon truth. That's what the apostasy is. You know, Isaiah talked about truth lies dead in the streets. Ow. But the apostasy is people falling away from the truth. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 10, the Amplified. And by unlimited seduction to evil and with all of the deception of wickedness for those who are perishing, because they did not welcome the love of the truth of the gospel, so as to be saved. They were spiritually blind, and they rejected the truth which had the power to save them. But look at that phraseology there, unlimited seduction. Wow. You know, that means God, who often restrains the evil uh, that Satan can use over you, over me, God has placed no limits on the strength of Satan's ability to deceive us. Do you see the danger in that? So then all Satan has to do is get man to speak lies, to alter scripture, to remove aspects of the gospel, to alter the presentation of the gospel, to add to the gospel, to leave out parts of the gospel. All he has to do is to do that with man and the seduction that we can fall for has no bounds. Nevertheless, the people that Paul are warning Timothy about are church folks, and that makes them doubly dangerous. Tolerate implies that they were once under truth's influence, but could no longer endure the truth, and they fell away. And notice, this is prophetic. It says, the time will come. Well, this is that time. The time has come. And notice, this is prophetic in its strength. It's not a surmise. It's not an opinion. It will happen. People in church today tolerate neither sound doctrine nor accurate instruction. And saints, this is not the exception. This is the rule. This is the norm. When only 3% of pastors speak about sin and they refuse to talk about wickedness, evil in the world, they refuse to challenge 
issues such as abortion or divorce or homosexuality. Only 3% of pastors will do that on a Sunday morning service. They let the depravity of the wicked just go unanswered, unchallenged. Well, what do you expect? We will lose people. On top of that, only 9% of people who attend church see the world with a biblical worldview. That means one in 10 Christians, that means if you're sitting in a row of 10 Christians, right, you will be the only one who sees the world as God sees it. Now, how can you be a Christian? How can you operate in this world if you don't understand the difference between Christian basics, good and evil, the difference between good and evil, if you don't understand how to judge wickedness, if you have no discernment? Well, if you don't believe the Bible, if you don't believe what God said about the Bible, if you don't believe what God said about the Bible in the last days in the world, that people would reject it, you will be left behind when he calls us home. You know, the word is supposed to challenge us. It's supposed to confront us and it's supposed to make us uncomfortable in these earth suits, in our lusts, in our sin. But when leaders fear the people's reprisal for such hard truths, compromise sets in. And that leads to more peril, greater peril from and within our churches. Churches have become carnal citadels where men's earthly pleasures are fed rather than challenged. These popular preachers of pleasure are made rich by their soft peddling of the gospel, becoming trapped themselves by their own lusts. But wanting to have their ears tickled, says the Bible, with something that's pleasing, they will accumulate for themselves many teachers, one after another, chosen to satisfy their own desires. You know, we no longer come to church for spiritual things. We no longer desire the fruit of the Spirit, the Word of God, the truth, but wanting to have their ears tickled with something pleasing. That's not the truth. That's not the Bible. That's not the gospel. They will accumulate for themselves many teachers, one after another, chosen to satisfy their own desires. We no longer come to church to feed our spirits or to meet with our Lord. Instead, our flesh is fed by covetous preachers living compromised lifestyles, creating carnal Christians. And these teachers are everywhere. It's Christianity without challenge. Once gospel preaching became accepted as a way to make a living, it brought in all the hucksters, all the charlatans, all the counterfeits. It brought them right into the church. It put them in their pulpits. And we've traded in the ministry of the shepherd for the ministry of the hireling. Very, very disappointing. They, in turn, have filled the church with every wind of doctrine. Here's another problem that Paul talks about. But wanting to have their ears tickled with something pleasing... They will accumulate for themselves many teachers, one after another, chosen to satisfy their own desires and to support the errors that they hold. So, so dangerous, and it only gets worse and worse. Notice there's a twofold reason they wanted their ears tickled with something pleasing. Number one, they liked teachers that fed their flesh rather than their spirits. They liked teachers that refused to challenge them, that let them live their own lives. Most things were permissible. And they wanted support for the errors that they believed, little knowing what they believed was wrong. Why? Because the preacher didn't tell them. Because the preachers didn't know. Those are the false preachers. I don't call them pastors. They're impastors. They're impostors, impastors. And they're teaching in our pulpits. We have become, church, intimidated by evil. Evil that's within. The devil, he's no longer at the gate, folks. He's within the gates. He's within my gate. He's within your gate. He's within our gate, the church gate. 
Yes, we become intimidated by evil. Evil that's within the church. I see it in my own Bible studies. How dare I say something, a warning about someone's favorite preacher. I get static on that all the time. Shame on me. We love our relationship with the preacher more than we love our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Our carnal affections outweigh our spiritual necessities. They support the errors they hold. That's why they go to these churches. There's no challenge and they don't hold them accountable. I've seen it. They are holding tightly to the errors that they hold. They won't let them go. Try minister a Jehovah's Witness or another religious person, and it's like banging your head against the wall. Trying to get truth into someone after revealing the error of their favorite preacher is the same thing. I had Jehovah's Witness come knocking on my door the other day. Actually, I was getting groceries out of my car, taking him into the house. It was a lot of fun. We talked for about 15 minutes. I think they were surprised that someone would actually challenge them with the word of God because I teach this stuff. And so I was respectful. I was pleasant. But I told them that they were wrong. Jesus Christ is God. They gave me their mantra that, well, you know, they're not the same. There's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. I go, yes, and they're all the same God. And they caused them to stumble. But I gave them the word of God. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. And the word was God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among men. The word is Jesus Christ. He's also God. Hallelujah. Support the errors they hold. First Timothy four one. But the Holy Spirit distinctly and expressly declares that in latter times some will turn away from the faith, giving attention to deluding and seducing spirits and doctrines that demons teach. Yes, demons teach Bible doctrines. Paul is laying a solemn charge on Timothy. It's a warning about the coming apostasy, son Timothy. I want you to constantly remind your people of the danger that is coming. He therefore drives home the Spirit's voice, the Amplified, but the Holy Spirit explicitly and unmistakably declares. Apostasy has been around since the church was birthed, but like everything else, as Christ's return nears, things become worse and worse. The last great apostate move, which we are now in, will be marked by people leaving the faith because they have been exposed to and they've swallowed deluding and seducing spirits and doctrines that are being taught by demons in our pulpits. Where does a demon teach the Bible? Where does a a demon teach the doctrine of demon? He does it in church. No, it's not impossible. Truth is, it's far from impossible. Even Peter, the great Peter, was subject to their trickery, trying to get Jesus off his game. Matthew sixteen twenty three, But Jesus turned and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan. Thou art an offense unto me, for thou savorest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. Jesus was about to die, to be crucified. He was telling the disciples, and Peter took him aside. No, 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 no. These things must not happen. That's not going to happen. And Jesus recognized this was Satan. This was demonic. And so he called out Peter and said, Peter or Satan, At that point, it was one and the same. They had the same voice. Get thee behind me, Satan. The Amplified Version says this, But Jesus turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You're in my way, Peter, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but you are setting your mind on the things of man. There's a great lesson in there for us, guys. It's important to note how Satan managed to control Peter. 
He was minding the things of men rather than minding the things of God. You're no different, saints. If you are carnally attracted to this world, if you are thinking about the things of this world and not setting your affection on things above, then you run the risk of having Satan become your spokesman. You run the risk of talking about the things that would cause a stumbling block to the people of God. And we see this every day. I'm not good at seeing evil in people, but I am quite good at hearing it in people. I can tell deception from truth when it's spoken quite well. We are supposed to know the word of God so that we can tell the difference between a saint standing in our pulpit and a demon standing in our pulpit. We're going to go back to the beginning of the church next week, and we're going to see how and far from we've come when we get to this place where men loved men instead of God. But let me pray for you. i got about 20 seconds. Lord God, I lift up the people that listen. I lift up your people that listen. Father God, that you would keep them from deception. Father God, there's only one way to stay free and clear of deception. You must know the truth. Father, I pray that you put a supernatural hunger in them for the study of the Word of God, that they desire the sincere milk of the Word, Father God, that they would grow by it, that they would come to know you, your Word, and the voice of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us for End Time Insights with Ron Geyer. Listen again next Sunday night at 8 on 100.7 The Word, where faith comes by hearing. You can also listen to the podcast of this program by going to kkht.com. If you would like to contact Ron, email him at gospelguy at comcast.net. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flynn with in-depth interviews archival footage and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines i just felt like i was drowning flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost available now watch it today go to salemnow.com salemnow.com